Hello and welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast has been recorded, the Yugambeh people, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. My name is Nicole Bennett and I'm an urban and regional planner and I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode I bring you conversations with city shapers and urban thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. We're one of the host cities for the Brisbane 2032 Olympics and Paralympics. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade for our city and our region. The conversations on this podcast help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So let's take a minute from our busy hustle and bustle day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode six for 2022. My guest today is one of the absolute best guests I've ever had on the podcast. Her and I went to university together. We graduated from QUT with our planning degrees. But rather than follow the traditional career path that most of us did, Brittany has has forged her own amazing career and was elected as the state Labor member for Keppel in January 2015 and again in November 2017 and then again in October 2020. Brittany was then sworn in as the Assistant Minister for Education in December 2017 and again in November 2020. Brittany grew up in Keppel and she loves the area and she's now raising her daughter Odette there. She is an award-winning urban and regional planner prior to joining politics and Brittany has a strong professional background in infrastructure, urban planning, design, approvals and community development. She's absolutely passionate about planning and her community, and she's energetic and experienced in working hard to deliver the best for her central Queensland community. Brittany is active in the community. She works with and for organisations that make a real difference to locals, uh, a volunteer rural firefighter, uh, she's a legacy legatee, a member of the Planning Institute of Australia and the Queensland Country Women's Association, co-chair of the Parliamentary Friends of Surf Life Saving, co-chair of the Parliamentary Friends of Resources and the Queensland representative for the Commonwealth Planning Women in Parliament. Uh, Brittany is also patron of the Central Queensland Coast Guard, Emu Park Golf Club, Emu Park Men's Shed and Yapoon Mallet Club. Working as a keen member of the Palaszczuk team, Brittany stands proudly her record of achievements since being elected in 2015. She's delivered hundreds of millions of dollars in education, roads, infrastructure, nursing homes, tourism and events, and creates local jobs for local people. Wow. In her very little spare time, Brittany spends precious time with her young daughter, Odette. Uh, They go fishing, camping, mountain biking, cooking, travelling, and just spending time with her family. I just can't believe everything you do, Britt. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thanks, Nicole. Uh, Really well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, And thank you for joining me. I'm so pleased I could have you on the podcast, and I was so pleased that you accepted the invitation. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours and and have watched you closely um, every step of your journey and and just admire everything that you achieve in your your day-to-day. Um, it was great to catch up with you recently at the end of last year. I hadn't seen you in a couple of years and we, we, we managed to have a drink together at the, the planning awards, which was so great. Yeah, no, it's right back at you, Cecilia. I'm a big fan of yours too. So it's really, um, it's an honour and a privilege to be part of your podcast. 
Oh, thanks. And happy International Women's Day. It is, um, we are recording in the week of International Women's Day. So I saw your great post about supporting, um, strong women and, and it's great that, um, you and I are both raising, uh, strong women ourselves. So, you know, we, we get to see both sides of, uh, you know, how, how amazing strong women can be, but also the, the challenges that raising them can bring. Absolutely. And it's been tough, you know, I'm sure for both of us through our careers as well. But, um, you know, if we can make it easier for our daughters and our daughters' daughters, then, you know, that's our job done. Absolutely. Totally agree. So today I had a few questions for you about planning and and politics and also, um, you know, just how you've navigated that transition and how um, planners can, can help politicians and how, um, you know, we can sort of both understand each other's perspectives better. And I thought, you know, I had Matt Collins um, a couple of episodes ago sort of helping describe some of this from his perspective, you know, um, in supporting politicians um, in previous roles that he's held. And I think you have a very, um, you know, interesting uh, sort of position where you've, you've, you're both a planner and a politician, so you really mm-hmm. understand both sides of it. So I thought we might begin um, by you just reflecting and, and letting me know what you think the, you know, are there many transferable skills between planning and politics? And what planning skills do you think helped you most when you entered politics and now in your everyday? Oh, definitely. And this is why I think we need more planners in politics, um, whether it be as members of parliament or members of political parties, members of policy bodies, uh, because we need more planners who um, understand uh, how planning works and why it matters and um, incorporating that into our parliaments and into our policy systems. Um, and so it's been a really interesting transition from um, planning to politics, but in many ways I still feel like I'm using planning every single day. And, uh, you know, whether it be sometimes when I get, you know, um, people come in with a new project or and they lay the plans out and, you know, I pull my scale ruler out from my drawer and people sort of look at me like, what? Um, but being able to read a plan, um, be able to understand scale, community engagement, um, understanding the importance of the planning process, um, bringing community together, developing a, a shared vision and then turning that into a plan that um, everyone can be um, brought along on the ride with, I think is incredibly important and more people, we need more politicians to have those skills to incorporate into their, into their work. Um, I uh, use planning skills every single day, so um, whether it be uh, planning new schools or new buildings at schools, um, roads, especially road corridors and road corridor planning, um, master planning, we're working on a master plan for the Great Keppel Island um, uh, at the moment, so you know, being able to use my planning skills with respect to that has been really important. Uh, we've just finished building a brand new detox and rehab centre here where there was all sorts of challenges around, um, uh, you know, NIMBY, NIMBYism, um, site planning, uh, community engagement, all of those things were necessary through that process. We've just opened the, the rehab centre, which is awesome, and I can't wait to, um, well, we're starting actually now to see the first people getting the treatment, which is great. But even... Um, New health facilities, uh, hospitals, roads in particular, um, all of those things all require planning skills to be incorporated. And I think 
um, more politicians with those skills is incredibly important. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so there are transferable skills there and it's great to hear that you are using your planning on a day-to-day basis because you, you are a fabulous planner. Um, and, you know, do you do you think that those planning skills help others in politics? You know, yeah. Are, are you... Yeah? Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, even from a statutory level, um, people in politics, often in Parliament, I'm sort of the planning help desk um, <laughs> in, in the Parliament. People will come to me and say, you know, there's this DA that's been lodged. What, what does that mean? What's the process? Uh, so, you know, um, right from that statutory process all the way through to members of Parliament who have developments proposed in their area or they're in need of new infrastructure or um, or their community has an issue that they need to resolve. This is where planners come in and, and this is why it's really important that we have planners in politics. Um, there's a number of, even though I'm the only planner in the Queensland Parliament, we, we have an architect. Uh, so Kim Richards, the member for Redlands, is an architect and okay. uh, she, she worked at Cox Architects and, um, you know, we get along so well because of our love for urban development and design. And uh, we often have um, ideas and, uh, and we, ha- we brainstorm together about ways in which we could um, make things better or uh, improve things in Queensland. Um, but most of the people in the Queensland Parliament come from a, um, a professional background, like we've got quite a few nurses, we've got um, lawyers, we've got a few... Uh, well, there's a dentist. We used to have a surgeon. Um, we've got school principals and teachers, uh, business people, but no one really, apart from Kim Richards and I, from an urban development background. So um, this right. is why, you know, of the 93 members, only two really come from an urban development background, uh, and this is why we need more. Um, we need people who understand um, planning, how to. Uh, develop a vision to solve problems, to um, really work with community, to um, come up with better ways of doing things and and bringing the community along with us. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so how has your perspective changed since you switched to politics? So, you know, when, when you left planning and sort of joined politics, what what concepts or ideas that you held as a planner do you now see quite differently that you're, you've sort of taking a, a different, you know, perspective with the community, being the community's representative? I've definitely got to see a different side of the whole political process, the way in which the polit- political parties develop policy, <clears throat> um, take them to elections um, and then turn them into election commitments that then are deliverables. And so um, understanding that process has been uh, a, a real wake-up call because working as a planner... You know, you're so motivated by community and by outcomes, um, by bringing people together. But then the, I think I, I didn't realise that there was this whole other side to, to politics where you really do have to work within the party to um, to get outcomes. But we, those outcomes and those policies really need to be informed by good practice as well. So this is one of the um, things that I think is really important for planners to get involved in is the, the background policy making process. We need planners in our political parties who are helping inform um, uh, policy platforms for parties uh, in lead up to elections, but also through elections as well. We have, you know, the Labor Party, for example, has a whole policy platform um, and 
so many of those chapters relate to planning and yet we don't have many people from, we don't have many planners actually helping inform those policies. So uh, definitely seeing sort of the way in which the, the party framework works but also the legislative framework too. I mean, it was a it was a real honour to have the um, the planning bill before the state parliament, and at, at that time, the planning minister was Jackie Trad, and, and working with her on that planning bill, I sat on the um, infrastructure planning and natural resources parliamentary committee as well. And while that bill was progressing through the through the house, and that was just so cool to be part of that, and also have my planning experience and be able to help inform that process. So. Uh, the legislative process is really interesting and the way in which we debate legislation in the parliament and be able to stand up with uh, with experience and skills in the parliament and be able to reflect on changes that we were making to the planning um, to the planning act has been great I mean uh, the statutory planning process is where my experience largely was before I got into politics so then be able to participate in the in the debate in Parliament around new planning legislation was was wonderful and be able to reflect on my experience to help inform that legislation and amendments to it as well was great. Yeah okay so in terms of planners getting involved like do they need to become members of Parliament or is it about joining a political party like you say you know getting uh, planners more involved in the election platforms what are the ways to be involved yeah I think there's a number of different ways you don't necessarily have to join a political party but that's certainly one way uh, and that that way will certainly mean that you've got the opportunity to, to participate in policy debate within party um, with within the party framework but also there's other ways participation in parliamentary committee inquiries relating to planning um, you know I, I'm really excited to see Pia in Queensland um, doing more in that respect and having a role through the parliamentary committee process with anything that relates to planning um, also uh, you know our I think that Pia also I think more um, more politicians being involved in peer at our local levels as well um, and inviting those local members of parliament to come along I think for for many MPs planning can be a bit of a scary thing it's like an unknown and they're not really sure what it is a lot of people have misconceptions that it's just this DA framework they don't realize that it's a much bigger profession much broader profession than that so helping MPs understand what planners do, what their roles are, um, is, I think is really important to breaking down that barrier between the sort of political arena and the, and the planning and policy arenas. Yeah, cool. That's great. Um, okay, so what lessons do you know now that you wish you knew when you were a planner? I mean, I think you've covered a couple there, but is there anything that you could, wish you could go back to, you know, the, the pre-politician Brittany and say, you know, you know, this is what you need to know in order to support these communities better? Mm, I think uh, politics definitely makes your skin thick and, you know, uh, being able to, it makes you stronger, that's for sure. So I don't think that there's anything in particular that I would say that I'd look back on and say I wish I, I, wish I knew that. I'm, gl I'm so incredibly glad that I have planning as a, as a background, as a profession before I got into politics because, I've, like I said before, I've had to use it. I use it every day. And, you know, whether that's, 
you know, it's only just yesterday that I was looking at a, um, a public access footpath for students from a high, local high school that uh, an Ergon substation was built next door and the footpath, the public access footpath, was, was closed off. Um, being able to bring up the cadaster maps with the aerial over, over the top, looking at the tenure and, um, and be able to see, well, actually that public access footpath has been closed. Uh, looking at the tenure and um, the ownership, uh, being able to work then with the landholders to say, well, can we do so something differently here? And so, you know, Queensland Globe is a favourite on my on my browser and being able to bring that up and show people, well, here's the, here's the boundaries, this is what this land is, this is what that land is, um, and, you know, finding a solution to be able to allow high school students to continue to get that, um, use that pu public access, that's the kind of thing that we need planners for in politics. Um, sometimes uh, we, um, sometimes there's problems like that that can be easily solved if you've got the knowledge and experience to be able to find, to be able to navigate the planning system. Yeah, totally. I think planners are inbuilt solution finders, aren't we? We, we are always oh. looking for the win-wins and the ways to, you know, get around things and, and make things better. So, I, I, yeah, that's, that's fantastic that you can apply that every day. Yeah, and even um, active lifestyles as well. It's something that I'm really passionate about is, uh, you know, if we give people the opportunity to use a footpath or, or an on-road bike path, um, they're more likely to use it. And so, uh, and that, that improves people's lifestyles in so many different ways. So, active transport, uh, even, you know, shade, playgrounds and opportunities for children to play, um, equitable access in the way in which we um, even plan our, our public spaces for equitable access. Um, yeah. It's no surprise, like one of the most popular playgrounds in Yapoon is an equitable access playground. Yeah, and right. So when, when you've got, especially women in planning too, I remember learning about, you know, women in shopping centre design, that it was women that first started saying, well, we need, you know, disability access, we need change tables, we need, um, you know, breastfeeding rooms, we need uh, space for, um, you know, for kids to have, a, to have a play. All of those things went into shopping centre design where they, where they hadn't been incorporated previously and they've made shopping centres so much more attractive to people. The same thing happens in every kind of space that we plan in our community and when we actually, um, when, when women are, are, um, are planning our spaces, then everyone's considered and when everyone's yep. included, then it's no surprise that these spaces are just so successful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not until I had to navigate footpaths with a pram that I truly appreciated curb ramps and, you know, all of these sorts of um, pieces of infrastructure that maybe previously I was just happy to kind of step off the edge of a, a curb. But, you know, having, you know, equitable access and universal design sort of featured throughout, you know, playgrounds and, and along footpaths and, and the foreshore areas of the Gold Coast particularly made it so much easier for me to get around and get out and about for my mental health with having young children. It made such a difference. Definitely. And I think that uh, when well, planners are, are naturally empathetic, I think we are, are pretty good at putting ourselves in other people's shoes and thinking, well, how would someone else use this space or what, would, what might limit someone from using this space or how can we make this a really successful space and or place? And um, that, that 
uh, empathy is incredibly important in politics because you have to listen, you have to understand, and you have to put yourself in um, someone in other people's shoes on a daily basis, and then um, work to try and improve things for them. So I think the the empathy that planners have is definitely an important transferable skill in politics. Yeah, I agree. I want to ask you, um, you know, in my experience, you know, politics can get a little frustrating, you know, and and when when planners are, you know, looking for the best solutions, you know, it can, you know, it can often feel like politics gets in the way, you know, and Mm. there's a lot that goes on in that political sphere that we as planners don't fully appreciate and and sort of uh, may sort of underestimate, if you like. Mm. And so, I'm keen to understand from you, you know, how can planners positively interact with politics and politicians? You know, obviously, you know, there's, that's a big question because there's a, there's a range of different, um, you know, elements to politics and politicians and, you know, it's certainly not a single stereotype there. But are there sort of some techniques that um, planners can use that really will help that interaction be quite positive? Yeah, well, I actually think that, Planners and politicians are a bit afraid of each other. <laughs> um, the, the politicians are afraid of the unknown of planning because they're, they're not necessarily completely across the broad um, array of things that we do. And planners are afraid of politicians for all sorts of reasons. And so we need to break down that barrier and we need to have more frequent conversations um, between the politicians and at, that's at all three levels of government too. Um, uh, and and between the planners, and that's across all the spectrum of um, of the planning professions as well. Um, so if a if a politician only meets a DA planner, then that's all I think that the profession is. We need um, a broader understanding of politicians of what planners do. And so um, if there's there's definitely ways that we can do that. But bringing bringing politics into the planning fold, helping. Uh, helping politicians be part of the planning process. Uh, I mean, uh, MPs love being able to be part of community engagement. Um, you know, when we've got the big, um, the big A-frames up or the, you know, the canvases with the, with the artist's impressions and the plans and the designs, get your local member involved. Um, they'd love to be there talking with their community about, you know, what do you think about this and, and this and, and getting that, helping, helping provide that feedback as part of the planning process. Um, when, when politicians are engaged in that process, it can be really rewarding. Like I think about the, um, the Mount Archer master plan that Rockhampton Regional Council did in Mount Archer uh, in Rocky here a few years ago. And that, I think, should have won awards. But the way in which... The, um, the planners engaged with all of the community, but also the, the local councillors and the state and federal members, because also down the track, that plan actually needs funding with it too. So if, if you've got a, a member of parliament or a councillor who's been involved in the process from the start and they're engaged and they love it and they're, they are, um, they're determined to see it happen, then they'll be the ones that are you know, wearing the carpet thin of the minister's office trying to get the funding for the for the master plan that's been developed. And, you know, being involved in the Mount Archer master plan um, and, and really being um, engaged with that process was great for me to be able to then take that plan and, and sell it to the ministers who have the funding responsibilities and say, this is something that really is worth putting money into. And then, you know, 
um, money starts to flow as a result because government can see that there's been a great process leading up to it. There's a good plan. The community's on board. Uh, the uh, the local member is is driving it. And then what we've seen as a result is beautiful new walkways, engagement with um, native title holders, a celebration of our First Nations people and um, uh, Aboriginal food, bush tucker, um, improvements in road infrastructure, uh, emergency access, the residents um, are much happier. We've got more active lifestyle stuff happening with the First Turkey Mountain Bike Reserve. That is just a perfect example of the way in which um, planning can take politicians and the whole community along for the ride and then come up with a great plan that then funding gets put behind it and as a result we've got an amazing piece of community infrastructure there. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great example. And um, yeah, that just sounds like to me you're saying there needs to be a, a more open lines of communication and, and some sort of mutual trust and respect built between sort of planners and politicians in order to, you know, ensure that, um, yeah, both can sort of um, communicate and and bring each other's skills and knowledge up. Because I think, you know, we we both come come at it like you sort of started from the beginning. We both have similar objectives. It's just mm. maybe our our knowledge and ex- experience as to how to achieve those outcomes is slightly different and we come from a different view there. Definitely. I think sometimes as planners we keep the planning process as a bit of a secret. You know, um, we run these workshops with people developing visions and, and but uh, if, if we actually are more open perhaps with politicians about what that process looks like and then what the, what the end result um, that we're working towards is, then they might have a better, better understanding about why we're going through the process. Um, some, you know, sometimes in politics it can be frustrating and you do just want things done with the click of a finger and wave a magic wand and everything just looks pretty and everyone loves it. But there's a lot of hard work that goes into the planning of our spaces and places beforehand, as we know as planners. Um, the politicians don't necessarily understand that, but if we can help them, help them see the process and why it's important, then um, they're probably more likely to get involved and engaged. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads really nicely to my final question for you around, and you've already answered a number of elements here, but, you know, if you could round it out, how can politicians positively interact with planners and our allied professionals like architects and engineers? Because as you say, I think there might be an element for some politicians that these planning processes do take time and they are costly and, you know, they just want a solution and they want something fixed and they want the answer. So how, how can we sort of, how can politicians positively interact with us? Mm, I think, um, well, we both have a role to play in that. Both planners and politicians have a role to play in, um, in meeting in the middle. The, I do think politicians uh, are hungry for the, the, um, the technical side of why decisions are made. You know, why is a road alignment the way that it's proposed? When all these residents are up in arms telling me that it's a stupid design, why is it that um, this road corridor is proposed the way it is? And, you know, having the engineers, the planners, the people who have actually come up with the, the design and, um, and actually helping inform those members of parliament about why uh, it is the way that it is, why they, why it's been designed the way that it is, it is so powerful. Um, I've got an example at the moment with a road where 
uh, the engineers who come up with a design. Um, the uh, few adjoining adjacent um, residents in the road corridor have had um, have had some issues about the design. They're talking about overpasses and traffic lights and things. But um, I know that the engineers and planners have come up with that design because they're trying to protect the speed and efficiency of the road corridor. They're working towards Australian design standards. They want to, uh, they're working based on um, traffic numbers. Um, they want to ensure that the road continues to be safe and improve safety outcomes as well. I know that all of that has gone into the design, but a lot of MPs might not necessarily know that, and which is why it's important for those um, professionals who are engaged in the design to be actively um, working with those members of parliament to in better inform them about why it is. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's uh, You summed that up so well. and. I just want to thank you so much for your time today, Britt, um, taking the, the, this time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I can't believe everything you do. As I said in, in the intro, you are um, such a dynamo and uh, just creating such an amazing, leaving such an amazing legacy for your community. Uh, they're very lucky to have you as a as a, a very experienced and talented planner uh, representing them and understanding all that you do around sort of planning and, and positive growth and, and how we can ensure that this uh, future is a sustainable one. So thank you for your time. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, thanks so much, Nicole. It's been awesome chatting to you too. I could talk all day about planning and politics and the way in which we could all work better together. But um, I think we're on the right trajectory and um, there's great opportunities for planners in Queensland, especially with the Brisbane 2032 Olympics coming. And, uh, you know, this is really going to be an important decade for planning in Queensland. If we, uh, if we get it right, we're going to make a huge difference to the future of our state. Amazing. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Britt. And thank you for tuning into the Hustle & Bustle podcast this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review. You can also follow the show on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast, and LinkedIn, search Hustle & Bustle podcast and request to join the group. That's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.